Hey everyone, welcome to part two of our John Wick Trilogy catch-up. Now normally, I'd recommend going back and listening to part one before this, but if you want to jump in the middle without knowing anything about the first John Wick, you won't be the only one. What am I talking about? Well, I'll explain in one minute, but first, I gotta do this intro. Welcome to the catch-up. Every so often, we pick a movie everybody's seen but one or two of us, watch it, and finally catch up. I'm John Nelson. I'm John Longineau. I'm Allison Starlock. And I'm Jeremy Banger. Jeremy's back, everybody. Woo! Hey, hey. Woo, it's a party. <laughs> the, the party keeps growing, much like sequels always tend to escalate, especially the John Wick sequels. Uh, we got more people here. Yeah, the universe is expanding in yeah. the podcast and in the John Wick universe. We're learning more about the other characters, about our backstories. We're adding new characters in case the original ones die. Yeah. Welcome, Jeremy. It's good to see you. It's good well, to yeah. see you. Thank you. It's good to see you guys. I, I, I haven't been here since, what, License to Drive? Something like that? I think the last time you were here was Crocodile Dundee. Uh, you, you know what? You're right. It's Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. That's right. Yes. That was when you always did the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jeremy Bear, folks, is uh, one half of the podcast, The Freshman 15, uh, a very entertaining podcast about uh, directors and their first films. Woohoo! Are you going to do more of those or what? I mean, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. As it turns out, this month, the month of February, February 15th, as it happens, uh, the Freshman 15 Volume 3 is going to make its debut. So, yeah, Daniel and I are, are returning. Uh, we're, we're st- we tend to start off our, our seasons and end seasons with a big bang. And so we're starting with a big director. But yeah, after a two and a half year hiatus, February 15th, uh, I know you've been waiting. Can we get a little teaser of what you might be watching? Ooh. Oh my gosh, you want an exclusive? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put it this way. Um, we, we always talk about freshman films, the first film of a given filmmaker. Uh, it's kind of criminal that we haven't gotten to this film yet, but this film is uh, famous for an opening scene that discusses um, <laughs> what it's like to uh, Reservoir Dogs. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's criminal. That's what I was like. It is it's either, criminal. It's either it's Scorsese criminal. or Tarantino. I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, th- thank you for not making me say the the phrase "fucked like a virgin." So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't want to have to use those terrible language. Terrible language. Well, I don't know what podcast you think you're uh, on, <laughs> but this is the catch-up uh, subgenre of the holdup. If you want to get in touch with us, speaking of people, you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> don't email us at thecatchup.com. We didn't grab that one. Uh, yeah, that's you're going to get two other guys on that one. You'll be you you'll be getting some other guys who have another podcast <laughs> about catching up about their high school days. Uh, you can also go make it easy on yourself. Go to holduppodcast.com. That's where all of our uh, links and shit lies. Thank you. Commercial over. Okay, so we got Jeremy Bear with us here. Brand new person to drag into the John Wick world. We got our old friend, Allison Starlock. Hello. Hello there. Thanks for coming old back to- Old friend? You mean your wife? Yeah. Thanks we're for friends. coming back to our office. <laughs> Yeah. And recording it with me instead of doing something else like watching uh, Ms. Maisel or something tonight. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> my friend. My friend with benefits. I, did I say my friend or our friend? I thought I said our friend. Yeah, the friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Friend who we've had on a million times. <laughs> 
well, but Jeremy's ha- like I'm our second. Pl- I mean, Allie's been on now multiple times, but Jeremy, I think, is uh, our second place guy now. Yeah, three That's, times. Yeah, I might be this. gaining. That's true. There you go. Yeah. Let's talk about John Wick. Ooh. All right. So, so, so may I? No, uh, please. By any- Jer- Jeremy, I'm very excited for you because you are going to watch the John Wick movies in the way that I did, and I highly recommend it because I went in and watched the second one first. And I was like, what is this glorious bonanza? And then um, I went back and watched the first one. And it was like, it was like watching, I don't know. It was like going from like, like a Star Wars movie to a really smart indie, you know, like it (laughs) it was like quite the difference in scale, even though the first one is certainly not like just sit around and talk over coffee, but it was, uh, yeah, it's an interesting difference. In the interest of keeping things spoiler free for Jeremy, we're going to try and talk around a bunch of things. If you really must know, oh, fans of the catch up, if you, if you really must know what came before, we did a whole show before this. So yeah. if you want to know any plot points about John Wick, things like that, we will try and uh, keep them mum for this first half so Jeremy can enjoy. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. What have you heard about John Wick the series and what do you think John Wick 2 is about? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this coming up because I know this is one of the staples of the Hold Up podcast is speculating on movies that maybe one of you haven't hasn't seen. So I it's do called know called authority from ignorance and welcome, welcome <laughs> right. to the Why show. Why not? <laughs> I, I've, I've heard that that obviously it's Keanu doing his thing and I know that there's a lot of shooting gunplay i know that he's he's highly trained or at least highly capable in in murdering a lot of people all at once in terms of i'll tell you what i don't know i don't know whether or not he's like evil or good i assume he's good that's a fair distinction Um, yeah i i'm guessing that it's probably more than just that he can shoot a gun really well i'm guessing that there's skills that that come into play that are more than the average human being like i don't know if he's able to like grab like a like like a stapler and like (laughs) rapid fire like macgyver it into like a weapon of death or something like that as he's running around town i i don't know i mean that sounds like the kind of thing that would be cool but um so was john wick too so okay i'll tell you what i'm you want to know my speculation on what all this is i'm dying here (laughs) I'm, i'm i'm guessing that john wick is some sort of assassin maybe he's an assassin that's you know like one of these like it's it's deep back in his brain that he was trained but forgot about it and then something clicked him on or something i don't i don't know Mm -hmm. i could be wrong about that part but whatever the case he winds up mowing through a bunch of bad guys in in the uh in the first one and culminating in some huge confrontation of course that he comes out on top but not without learning some horrible revelation i'm guessing that he's probably put on a whole separate project in the second one that doesn't at first seem to have anything to do with the first movie. Like it's, it's just kind of like, Oh, here's the new adventures of John wick. But, but somewhere in act two, it's revealed that no, remember tattoo from, from episode one. <laughs> well, tattoo actually had a brother or something like that. And it's just, and he realizes he's, he's back into the fray of, of plot points from, from part one. And so he's, He's got to now off twice as many guys and see how he does. Okay, so I don't know. That's that. That's that's my that's my best stab at it. Interesting. Well, John Longino, just to let everybody know, he had not seen any of the John Wick movies, and now he has seen the first one, but no others. So Correct. he has he right. has knowledge from which to guess. 
So. Sure. I, I, so I have seen the first film, and uh, I, th- without a spoiler territory, at least just with my reaction to it, uh, Jeremy, I went into the first movie sort of hesitantly excited, knowing that it seems like a big deal to a lot of people, and tempering my expectations to a level of like, I'm sure it'll be fun, but how good could it be? You know, it's it, you, you have this experience a lot where people kind of freak out about a movie, <laughs> and you see it, and you're like, yeah, it was fine, but sure. l- l- let's let's come back down to earth and i was uh loved it like just utterly loved it thought it was fabulous and worth all of the hype that surrounded it so that that in and of itself was pretty surprising um this is the first time i'm learning that you have not seen the first movie (laughs) and that we are going to plunge forth in the watching of it so i'm honestly a little dizzy (laughs) with, with shock and I was sitting here thinking about uh, other instances of, of movies like that because, you know, we're, we're a pretty snobby film crew. And normally that would be almost sacrilege to sort of show someone a second in sure, a series. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I, I was sitting here reflecting on like, well, when has that happened to me or when have I done that to other people? And the two instances I can think of are the Mad Max movies right. yeah. uh, where uh, I, saw, yes. I saw Road Warrior before I ever saw Mad Max. Um, and quite often have just shown directly shown people Road Warrior without really requiring them to watch Mad Max. And in a similar vein, oddly enough, I saw Evil Dead 2 before I ever saw The mm. Evil Dead. <laughs> so you uh, went back I, I and saw did, I did too, actually. That's the yes. order that I saw those in too. Yes. Uh, uh, for both those series, I, you know, I eventually I became fans of them and then went back and watched the first films enjoyed them and understood you know their importance but tend to prefer the second one in both of those and so i i'm sort of i don't know if this is correct but my speculation is perhaps this series is in a similar vein Hmm. where plot wise there's nothing you really need to know to enjoy the second movie and it sort of takes what the first one did and does it even better and more enjoyably that's sort of my guess well i think one of the the strengths of the john wick series is the the clarity of his goal the simplicity <laughs> of his goal uh, so it's the kind of thing that i felt like i was caught up <laughs> see what i did there um at the beginning <laughs> of the second movie very quickly so even though i hadn't seen the first one it was like well there's a lot of like nuance and great set pieces and great character bits but in terms of like plot that you'd need to know to understand it's like <laughs> that fast <laughs> yeah well ton. the good thing is the first movie can exist almost in a vacuum there's they've left one little dangling participle for the second movie to start from but that's about as far as it goes um but keeping that in mind hey Longino, what do you think john wick 2's about <laughs> the john wick sort of the original movie starts with a very simple premise that throughout the movie sort of becomes this odyssey that opens up by the end into a a kind of a world built a, a kind of a wild world building exercise like like it is it that's i guess whatever little surprise there might be of it but since you're seeing the second one i think you'll get wind of that rather quickly <laughs> yeah you'll be like um, say <laughs> this seems so odd for a movie <laughs> about what, what seems what seems fairly obvious to me, or I would hope, is that the, the interesting wrinkle of the first movie is this sort of built world they create. And I, I have to assume that the second film will take that and run wild with it. Because it was really like a little teaser in the first movie. It was, it was almost like um, window dressing. Right. Like the plot was very simple, but there was enough going on with this sort of 
world they built where you were like, what is this? What does that mean? What's this thing? You know, almost like um, like a mystery kind of. I mean, I don't want to. It's not like it's a murder mystery or something, but uh, in the same way that I guess, you know, actually Mad Max is a good example, right? Like it by and large, that's just a crime movie with with a gang and someone who's wrong. But there's these layers of sort of post apocalypse or interesting sort of attitudes and stuff that that the second movie goes bananas with you know right that's actually a really good yeah uh right comparison road warrior is like the quintessential iconic apocalypse movie you know even though the first one came first or whatever so i i suspect that john wick 2 will have a crazier story kind of a less simple grounded story i think we'll definitely dive into its mythology more and i'm really excited to go there and as it happens you know it's the first one's an action film with some really entertaining action so i very much expect cool set piece mind-blowing action sequences that either equal or perhaps even exceed the first movie which would be really cool yeah oh well you know get ready (laughs) Jeremy I don't know how much you know about the behind the scenes of John Wick Um, it is my understanding that the director of John Wick um, though he had directed maybe a few things he hadn't directed a feature before and he was previously a stunt man or stunt coordinator or in that world and he basically was like well you know doing stunts is fun but I really you know we want to make a movie where we just unload everything because we know how to do it and we can imagine how it can be done so why not we create something around that so they started from a, like Longino said the simplest of premises one that you've seen a thousand times and by the end of the movie you're like well didn't see that coming necessarily and again not like a murder mystery twist or like oh my god John Wick is his own brother or what are just like this weird <laughs> world that it opened up that you're like wow that's crazy but I can tell I, I will say this because I, I told Longino this before and so it feels like fair game uh, the thing that I loved about the John Wick the first movie and it extends well into the second and third is I love movies where everybody knows the protagonist by reputation uh, you know, I basically likened it to like every movie that Clint Eastwood's ever in. Whenever he comes to the door, everybody's like, oh, Jesus, it's William Money. It's Bill Money the killer. And like everybody like shits themselves, runs for the door. Not one person. There's there's only like every so often there's one person. Wait, who now? And that's the one that you have to explain so the audience knows. So John Wick is the ultimate like boogeyman, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of infamous within the world that we are right. going to be entertained by. Well, Does his the- name like imply like a short fuse? Like he's he gets angry easily, or is that or is that? Or am I reading way too far? Uh, not the- maybe not quite that, but we'll uh, see. it's interesting you say that because you'd think that right. You think he's like, oh man, don't fuck with him because he'll get angry at you real quick. It's actually sort of the opposite, right? I mean, John Wick does not get angry at anybody. Before he murders them, <laughs> it's it's well, almost like he goes, "Yep, that was the line." Okay, here yep. we go. And you just cross. So Johnny Mnemonic was taken, so that. <laughs> but this all reminds me a lot of a, um, one of the things that I think is so interesting about the John Wick movies is the tone is so interesting because it's it is such a like intense action thing, but it's also fucking hilarious. Like it's yes. it's got it's a yes. lot of like almost self awareness of like hey. We it's a little meta in that it's like okay we are an action movie uh, at at this time in cinema history and there have been many many other action movies with you know um, some handsome super capable star and uh, here we're gonna make lots and lots of references to it it's like uh, not as far as like an Edgar Wright kind of version of that but it's like there's a definite wink throughout the whole thing that made us howl 
with laughter. Yeah. I mean, it's like a John Woo or The Raid, something like that, where those kind of movies, you're like, the people in the movie are not having a good time at all, but you are having a great time yeah. <laughs> at yeah, their yeah. expense, usually. So... <laughs> So, so it's, 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 I'm, I'm hearing like a hyper reality, hyper stylized oh, reality. Yes, 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 for sure. I mean, Absolutely. it takes, it sort of takes place in the same, you know, uh, world as like a hard boiled or the killer. It's like everything's really like neon and wet, and yes, there's lots right. of concrete and chains and shit like that. Yeah. So, cinema verite, this is not. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not at all. But it is. So I guess uh, like one of the questions then is: is this is this the is this the Empire Strikes Back of the movies, or is it more of the? Uh, Temple of Doom of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's definitely the former. I mean, I would definitely say it's more of the Empire kind of movie, but it's, it's, yeah. I, 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 I'm so hesitant to talk too much about it because yeah. I don't want to. Okay. I agree that it is the Empire Strikes Back of John Wick for a lot of reasons. Um, not the least of which is even though I think they were pretty sure they were going to make another movie by the time they got to this one, they, I don't think, had a guarantee of it. They still had to make money on this one. So. They had to, much like Empire Strikes Back, it's like, well, we got to sort of wrap things up, but sort of leave things available for another go at this in case it happens. Which, so, Which, frankly, is like highly preferable to me. I, you know, I don't think there's anything I can't stand more than the first one was great, so now we're going to do a two and three, and the end of part two is like, to be continued. It's just right. never good. Yes. Yeah, you could. I Except mean, the, maybe Back to the Future too. That has a pretty good ending, <laughs> right? Well, at least that out. one and Lord of the Rings. They made them at the same time, so it's like, well, you know, it's coming. Yeah, or you Kill sure. Bill. You were warned well in advance. I mean, I guess Marvel just does that as a sort of an assumption now. Well, but. well, even Lord of the Rings, like you're talking about, they they give those movies like an ending, you know, right. where you kind of feel like you've had a full movie. I'm more talking about you, you know, Matrix two and three, or <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean two and three, or whatever. Like they, th- there was this rash of movies that just were half a movie, right? And they're like, come back in six months, and you're just like, get out of here. <laughs> Can't stand it. I'm very glad to hear it doesn't end on some dumb cliffhanger. Well, I didn't quite say that. No. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I, you know, you'll 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 see what I'm talking about. It, it the the movie right. can end and everything can be done. But anyway, again, this is one of those movies that I'm not coming into saying that it holds up. I don't think Allie is wondering if the thing holds up. So it's not even like a hey, what do you do? You think it's going to hold up? It's more, I guess, the question is. Do you think you're going to get something out of this, Jeremy? Do you think you're going to sit down and have a good time with us? Well, I'm only here in raves, so I have to think that this is a, this is going to be a solid experience. And not just from you guys. I, I remember even at the time when it came out, uh, it's friends of mine that had seen it. Um, you know, I, I, uh, one of my close friends is a uh, very... Uh, librarian-ish English teacher <laughs> and she came out of it like that is fucking incredible you gotta go see it right <laughs> I was like alright well clearly this is you know across all the different demos this is this is really hitting so I'm I'm, I'm expecting a great time well that's the thing is it's it is so big and operatic but it is also genuinely smart I mean the fact that they could pull off the humor without making you feel sort of talked down to is a testament. So it makes yeah. sense that your librarian friend would, would would pick up on it because it's like, well, whatever genre, if you're if it's smartly done, if it's trusting the audience, I think that becomes pretty universally appealing, you know. And again, the story behind this is 
uh, for me and Allie. I had seen the first John Wick. She had not. And then John Wick 2 came out. I really wanted to see it, but I was like, well, obviously she needs to see the first one or this is not going to be very useful. And then, like, it was one of those nights where it's like, well, we got the babysitter, we paid the money, we got the parking, we got the, the meal, we're going to the movies tonight, I don't give a shit, <laughs> we're going to see something. <laughs> but there was, like, literally nothing else open that anybody yeah. wanted to see, and so she was like, well, I guess I'll give John Wick a try. You, I, I you, was like, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, why not? You, you seem to like the first one, so I'll give it a shot. Why not? Who cares? And then she came out of it like, that was great! Let's go watch the first one! And I think we may have even watched it that night yeah that sounds right it was yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly when she uh, got to it but it was pretty quick after so i mean I, you know, f- fuck it movies are magical sometimes oh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, another one i remember was going to see i didn't see it out of order but going to see pitch perfect was like that where i was just like ah oh, fuck it my friend wants to see it i don't care about this and then it was like one of my favorite cinema going experiences ever because it's like <laughs> i don't know if you've seen that movie but it is it's not it's certainly it's so completely different from John Wick except that it's like it is a committed film the way this one is where it's just like we know what movie we're making we're making it a thousand fucking percent um yeah it was a similar thing where i was like man i'm so glad i said fuck it cuz i can be such a movie snob and like no but i have a am i connecting with the theme and <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad I Oddly didn't do enough, that. Oddly enough, um, my fuck it movie was one summer I was bored, walked into a theater uh, in college, and I was like, I just want to see a movie. And I saw Gus Van Sant's Elephant. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Holy <laughs> And God. didn't really, I kind of knew. And then like, for those who don't know, that's like a basically Columbine-esque yeah. school shooting film. So I walked out being like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes fuck it, man. Can... I'm in the mood for yeah. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, but like I was very disturbed, and I was yeah. like, I, I should have brought a friend with me. <laughs> Sometimes fuck it does backfire, but yeah, that's true. Sometimes you get fucked. <laughs> what do you think, Longino? You think you're gonna have a, a a good time with this one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Short answer. Like I'm, I'm very excited to watch this movie. I loved the first one. You two have raved about this one as being perhaps superior. I think if I have any question, I might, I'm debating whether I'll like the first one or second one more. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I, I imagine I'll have a great time. Great. Well, everybody, it's time to say, fuck it. Let's go watch John Wick <laughs> Chapter 2. And we'll be right back. Welcome to Rome. Is this a formal event or a social affair? Social. How many buttons? Two. And what style? Tactical. Mr. Wick, do enjoy your party. How good to see you again so soon. no idea what's coming. You want a war? Or do you want to just give me a gun? Whoever comes, I'll kill them all. The man, the myth, the legend. John Wick. You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. 
We're back from John Wick Chapter 2, and I gotta know, Jeremy, what'd you think being thrown in the deep end? Oh my God. I mean, I, I gotta say, well, you first of all, your your, your descriptions here were all appropriate, apt, super, super fun. Um, the whole thing, that what, what kept occurring to me the whole time was it was a, it was a video game aesthetic. Right. You know, sure. everything, even like down to the, the, the fontography there, there was a sort of <laughs> yeah, a, totally. like a theme in there where uh, there, there are characters that they would talk to each other. And uh, I don't know if she was deaf or mute. I heard her grunting a lot. So I assume deaf. But uh, she whenever she would do her sign language, you know, you would see the bottom part, you know, what's usually the subtitles there. But of course, it's all written in kind of a. Almost like a choose your your race car speed font that you would see in a, in a video <laughs> totally. game. Yeah. Everything is all completely just jagged out like that. I was I was really impressed by the fact that they took so many different like sort of stereotypes and archetypes and tropes of all these different kinds of actiony things, but they said you know let's just let's just strip out all the crap that makes that people don't like sitting through. Right. <laughs> let's just get right through it. Yes. No, that was great. No, that was cool. Free based action. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was like mainlining, you know, like all the all the parts that you actually care about watching of like, you know, like John Woo or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just stick it in the vein. Uh yeah. what about you, Longino? This is your first time, but you have a, a sure. back a background. Well, I, I quite enjoyed it uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, I'd say that I think the first one's still more partial to me, but I think that's more a personal preference. I think the right. surprise of that one really kind of blew me away, whereas this, I, I very much sort of was mentally prepared for what I was in for. <laughs> right. Now, it might be one of those, I you know, maybe I mull it over for a while and watch him again later, and I might have my, my preferences. I, f- I feel like... There was something, and Nelson, you keep pointing it out, and I'm and I'm sure Jeremy, it was funny in this movie as well. But the whole like John Wick's name is spoken in hushed whispers <laughs> as cigars drop or whatever, like yeah. that that certainly continued in this one. But it, that was just like constant in the first one, and I think in a movie where you you don't you think he's just like a Joe Schmo, uh, that was like very funny to me. So for some, I found the first movie funnier. I, I agree. I, I agree with now, you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think and the I, first movie is funnier. I I tend to I really liked that about it. And not that this one this gets no demerits, like it was highly <laughs> entertaining and definitely still had humor in it. So I quite enjoyed it, but I think you know, my immediate reaction is like I prefer the first one, but I really enjoyed this one. Very solid sequel. Yeah. But I agree now having seen it, I can see how you can onboard somebody with this movie. There's really not much you need to know that they don't really cover. Uh, so I, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was awesome. And I'm, and I really, how it ended was probably my favorite part of it. Oh, good. I was wondering yeah. about that. Cause I was like, I'm, you know, we had talked a little bit about it before how it's like a cliffhanger, but not, but it's gotta be sort of sure. self-contained. And well, I was well, like, <sighs> it's an understandable progression. So Jeremy, what you sort of missed in the first movie, which is certainly recovered here is like, you know doing committing uh crimes on the continental grounds is is sacrilege and uh you know it is sort of met with death as far as i understand 
And so that was sort of a question of, you know, honor and code is like such a theme of this movie and the previous one. It's a it's a natural progression to go what would happen if this code is broken by our hero. And so the second he was walking in gun in hand pissed off as all hell i was i i sort of immediately was like i think i know where this might be going uh and i love the guys like our villain the italian criminal is is like chewing on a steak or something and and basically boasting that he's gonna stay in this hotel like in perpetuity to stay away from john wick and i just love that he just blew him away like that that i i really enjoyed that yeah. But I, I fear for our hero. I, you know, the entire criminal world is after him now. Like, I don't know how he gets out of this one. Well, that was a trip about the about the ending where, like, and this is what the sense that I did get. I get the because, you know, you can kind of tell when you're seeing the part two of something for the first before the part one, because you know <laughs> that they're they're expanding the parameters of whatever they established in the first sure. one. So I'm guessing that in the first one, you just you were introduced to this. Oh, you know, there's so many assassins in the world and you had no idea. But like at the end of this movie, it's it's like the the Truman show of assassins or something. (laughs) Everybody in the world is is clearly in on it. It's it's, almost like, are there any, you know, civilians in this? Yeah. Are we on like Earth, Two and it's just all assassins? Because which is what I love about it. I love that they just don't care about kind of going ridiculous with it because again as long as they themselves in the movie don't think it's ridiculous as long as they're like hey man this is all for real then you know the ridiculousness for some reason just does not throw me yeah. I, and but it is i mean you know it is a escalation you know in the first movie it just starts out oh he's a man alone and oh he's got this hitman past but you know basically every 90s movie that you've ever seen it starts out as that and then you know when you start getting these little drips and drabs of like oh there's the continental and there's this weird honor code and there's you know things sort of unsaid but everybody understands yeah so that by the end when it's like what i love too the escalation about it is that the first movie sort of gets you into this world the second movie like blows the world up so big it's like yeah it's everywhere it's all across the world there's these bulletproof suits that they didn't have in the first one if you go to rome <laughs> you get the latest in bulletproof suit technology all this stuff and then at the end of the movie to just yank it all away because all this stuff that he's able to do he's been able to do in conjunction with you know uh you know uh, ian mcshane and you know winston in this movie and all you know the continental and this this system that's in place and now he has none of that and you're like well where does he go i mean what does he do now because everything hinged on him sort of having that backup and he doesn't have it anymore yeah so He's yeah. excommunicado. Well, yeah, I love that too. Just like it's not just like, well, I'm kicking you out. It's like excommunicado. Yeah. And well, it's like the biggest fucking deal. Yeah. Every uh, the production design of this thing is amazing. Uh the fact that all the women oh, who yeah. work in the like switchboard thing are using actual switchboards and wear like the same shirt that reveals their tattooed arms but otherwise look like they're in the fifties. <laughs> like it's mm. To me, it did everything that um, like a sequel should do, which is take what worked about the first movie and like 
escalate it and make it bigger. Uh, the example to me was I, I mentioned when we watched the first movie, one of my favorite set pieces was the club shootout. And right. Jeremy, I don't think this is much of a spoiler to say <laughs> they're they're in a club and he kills a lot of people. And so in, in this movie, rather than some small club in New York, they're in like ruins in Rome as lights <laughs> are around and a thousand people are there. Like the, the, the sort of scale escalated so much more. And just going to Rome was such a cool looking place to have all these shootouts. Like it really like the first movie is going to look like dingy cellars compared to, <laughs> compared to this stuff, like catacombs and, and disco ball stuff. Like it was right. awesome. So, Allie, you've seen this movie at least a couple times now, right? Yeah. Okay. So what did you think going back to it now, having seen the first one, then the second one? How, how's it? How does it play out this time? I, I feel like I really felt the different takes on it and not just this sort of escalation idea, but the fact that this one was much more about sort of honor. It was much more, it was like operatic. It's like this one was an opera. Yes. The other one was like a pitch black comedy in a lot of ways. Like I think there's still a lot of humor in the second one, but the first one is like you're laughing through most of that movie. It's a real decided um, tonal difference that way. But I think that's kind of cool because they went, okay, well, the second one is going to be operatic. It's going to be dark. It's going to be like all the nuts and bolts of things. It's going to be about choices. Like he's constantly making choices in this one. And the first one, it's almost like more of a pure survival kind of movie. This one is about more about like, what do you want your identity in the world to be? You know, like how, (laughs) how much is your life worth to you? You know, right. I, I, that's, sure. those are great, like thematic questions to ask in a movie like this, especially is very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially so, since the first one was so like he's so single minded. It's just another just another. It's not just another revenge movie, but it is another revenge movie that, you know, everything starts from like, oh, you killed my dog. Now everybody's got to pay the end. And then to have this one where it's like, oh, now we're talking about, you know, debts owed and, you know, what does that mean to him and then everybody in this world and, you know, how serious is everybody about it and the spoiler alert, they're very serious. So, yeah, I liked I liked that it kind of, you know, got more serious. I, I like your operatic idea. I, you know, there are it, it sure. does take away it's sort of in a way it's like it takes the humor of the first one and kind of boils it down to like, well, yeah, he was playing in this playground before and he seemed sort of invincible and now you're like ooh it kind of you know you're worried about your hero which is when a, your hero is an invincible terminator that's you know not an easy trick so I uh, really- Ali I like what you say about choices I think that is a theme in this movie for sure I mean the big difference between the first one and this one the first one that he spares no expense at murdering everyone he sees <laughs> there's really no debate he just kind of kills everybody so it's really interesting in this movie that he spares so many lives. It's practically a theme. Like I, I know Lawrence Fishburne, who, yeah, to my joy, uh, appeared in the movie <laughs> for yeah, a little Matrix, Matrix reunion. I was I was a bolt like blown away by that. But um, he has a whole scene where he shows his slit throat and how sort of John Wick told him like hold it here and you'll stay alive and. He spares Common's life and right. he spares Batgirl's life. Or <laughs> Batwoman, um, sir. Bat, oh, excuse me, Batwoman's life. Pardon me. <laughs> Ruby uh, Rose, yes. who plays oh. Batwoman. It's so funny because I didn't think that he did. I thought he just left before she technically died. I think he no, because she well, she says, her. "I'll be seeing you." Yeah, oh, but you, then, you, and then he goes, "Sure." I think she means, <laughs> "I'll be seeing you in hell." 
<laughs> oh, see, I read. Maybe I'm just. Maybe I was just on this theme, but you know, he didn't put a bullet in her brain. So yeah. I, I, right. I it, it, the wind door was open with like maybe she could be alive. And then in the the culmination of the film, he ha- that's the choice, right? This asshole sitting in the Continental, and he spared everyone else's life up to this point, and then he's like, "Now fuck you, Pam." Uh, <laughs> well, that's a pretty big choice. Well, right. and if there's anybody that has it coming, that's <laughs> certainly that oh, dish. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. No, I thought it was just that he um, he basically was just like, "I'm not going to give you the same courtesy that I'm going to give Common." Right. Uh, so well, Common's like a working man, right? I, I love that. Like the <laughs> right. assassins in this world understand that, like, and they keep saying it that way. Are you working? You working tonight? And it's like they're like the grunts, even though they're like these mystical, you know, telepathic, practically assassins. <laughs> they still, you know, give each other like journeyman respect. You know, Common buys him a drink after they've accidentally crashed into the Continental. Ruby Rose offers to buy him a drink, even though they're fighting with each other. So. Yeah, it's. I like that. You know, there's the, the. This is the movie that sort of introduces the levels because before, you know, the movie before everybody was just an assassin. There was nobody sort of above that rank except for maybe Winston at the Continental. This is the one where it's like, okay, there's a whole system in place, <laughs> the mafia, the yakuza, and like everybody's in this one big, you know, happy club together. Right. And, and they sort like, of hint get... at what that means. Well, and also, I, I, it also struck me, and maybe this is way too big thinking, but. Uh, with uh, everything that's going on right now with our country, with the uh, coup attempt and the oh my god, she made it political. Um, yeah, well, every, isn't everything these days? Um, no, <laughs> I think everyone thing is anyway, but especially these days. But the the idea that it's like um, everybody that enables it, everybody that contributes to it. So the grunt guys who, so basically that question that Cassian asked him, where it's just like. You know, you know that she's going to that he's going to take New York, you know, like, doesn't that bother you kind of thing? Like you've contributed to this monster being in a high position of power. Doesn't that bother you? I just thought that was so interesting because that is like it is like the eternal question about leadership in these sort of operatic Shakespearean kind of stories. It's like the tradition of that. It's like how much does each person's individual survival matter against these you know, these bigger kind of power plays and how that sort of trickles down to everybody. Maybe I'm going too far. Well, what's her name? Her, you know, the sister getting, you know, because uh, basically the plot of the movie, since we've, you know, gotten 15 minutes in and haven't mentioned it, uh, <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it, basically John Wick finishes the first movie. He, they've left one little dangling thread, which is, hey, whatever happened to John Wick's car? He made such a big deal out of it and he never got it back on the first one. And you sort of just accept it's like, oh, well, he's been beat up all night. He probably doesn't care. The first, like, five minutes of the movie are him getting his car back the most bloody way possible, then crashing it up <laughs> and losing it all over again. And then the set, he goes home. He takes his dog, his new dog. He buries all the suits and the gold and everything else, concretes it back under. And the second he finishes... There's a rap at the door, and there's a guy who's like, hey, you owe me a favor, and now I'm calling it in, because evidently you're back in the game, and so I can do this now. And so then he's basically called on to assassinate this uh, high-ranking you know, member of the, the, what do they call it? The club? The high council. The high council. The high table. The high table. High table. The high That's table. Right. Yes. Yes. He's basically tasked to kill one of the high table, and he has no choice but to do it. And if he kills the guy who he owes the favor to, then he, you know, he sacrifices his life. Basically, he's excommunicado, so he has to do this thing. He has no choice but to do it. 
He goes to kill the sister, and you're expecting like, oh man, he's gonna you know pop her the worst way possible, and it's gonna be bloody. And it is, but not the way you think, because she sees him and she's like, oh shit, I'm dead. So she basically talks to him a little while, gets in her bathtub, and in the most amazing, like, John Longino was like, he could not watch it. (laughs) She slits her wrist and lets the blood just flow. And it's well, that's that's just a thing with me. Like, I it's needles and it's wrist slitting that, that just I go like and just almost can't watch. And so she's like looking at the there. zoom and he's like, I'm gonna pass out. I, literally, I was getting I had to like look away. I was legit about to faint like I was getting woozy. <laughs> and speaking of our theme of choices. Boy, was that a choice? Like, well, that was whole instead of going out by assassin, I'm just going to kill myself. Well, yeah. And she makes a big deal out of like, I choose my own way. You know, I I choose I've chosen my life. I choose my death. And that's one of the first times in this series that someone has made that sort of a decision. Yeah. And then that ends up being what John does. You know, he chooses to he chooses to kill her shithead brother because uh, that's more important to him than his own life. Like, obviously, he's going to keep trying to survive, but, I mean, he's not a dummy. Like, he, he gets that that's the consequence. I don't know. What was... Did you have any part of the movie, Jeremy, where you felt like... Where you had a similar kind of... Ugh, like, like, um, like it was, like, too wincy. Yeah, too wincy, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too wincy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just... I, it Like, from the first scene, it establishes that, like, this isn't going to go easy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I will say from the start, I was impressed by, you know, you're not getting the same camera angles and stuff like that that you typically get in these kinds of movies where it's like, okay, now we're behind him because clearly this is we're going to have to watch two stuntmen go at it for a while. And <laughs> it wasn't like that with this. Oh. I mean, yeah, there are some shots. They're falling down stairs and stuff like, okay, I'm sure that's a stuntman. But, but I mean, it, it looked like fucking Keanu Reeves. Yeah. doing it like actually doing it and in these these some of these kind of rumble wrestling moves that they're pulling on each other and flipping each other over and jamming pencils in their ears and things like that <laughs> i mean it it looked legit it looked i don't i don't know what to say like you just like right from the start i'm like okay all right i need to get myself on like a, a new level of of kind of gore fighting bloody tolerance <laughs> Or else I'm just not going to make it. But, you know, I can. <laughs> yeah. I was able to get there pretty easily, as it turns out. Yeah, there it was. was I, cool. You're right, though. It's, there's a lot of like wide shots, a lot of like pretty well lit things like they want to they want you to know yes. yeah. that this we, is going down. Yeah. And it's it's so refreshing in the age of and I like these movies, but ever since the Jason Bourne films, these kind of rough and tumble action scenes are all this like. Paul Greengrass shaky documentary, you know, like you can't even frenetic, like you can't even tell what's going on. So I was very happy to see these massive wide shots where it's just like you're watching a wrestling match and like go at it and you get to see everything going on. They also were really bold about, and I didn't notice this in the first movie that they they seem to dare to put a mirror in every scene. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, like in places, I guess the, the DP was just like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. it, I, I don't know if they digitally remove cameras or what. Like, there to, was, right? yeah, there were shots that like say. were basically impossible to not see the camera in. Like, I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. I feel like that's, you know, across the board, kind of this, the, the way they've been doing the Wick movies where it's like, well, most of this is practical, of course, yeah. sure. but 
Yeah, we're going to have to CGI it, but hopefully we, you know, I don't know what their mission statement is, but hopefully it would be something like, hey, we only want to CGI it if it doesn't work, you know, not just like, eh, we'll just, you know, like right. Robert Rodriguez is just like, eh, if I don't catch it in the camera the first couple takes, then we'll just do it in post and move on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was also impressed with the um, the car stuff in the beginning. Oh, I, okay. I, I think part of that is because the, uh, I mean, you know, we, we've just gotten so used to car chases where they can this you know whatever I, I i craft is 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 impressive to me but i sometimes you know they'll keep the camera a little bit high so that it kind of you can kind of fudge the speed of things if you don't really show where the tire is actually hitting the pavement and things like mm, that yeah that camera was on the ground the whole time <laughs> and there is no you can't fake that shit. You have to actually do it when you're showing the whole car, when you're actually showing literally where the rubber meets the road and things, you know, how things are flying up, how things are landing. You know, I, it's you have to you just have to literally do it. And that I found that to be kind of like the theme of the whole movie where there was no whether it was a fight scene or a car chase or something like that. Uh, director seemed to feel that like we're 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 not gonna we're not gonna cheap out we're not gonna trick out we're not gonna do any of that stuff we're gonna we're actually gonna make these idiots do these things <laughs> and, and and you need to feel it when when it happens there's I don't know it felt like very little trickery which I, I was blew my mind. Well, and another thing I think they improved on, I mean, you wouldn't know this, but like one of the things in the first one is it seemed like he was killing henchmen. Like he killed like double the henchmen, it felt like in the first movie than this one. But there was this like weird accumulation of like it didn't it never felt like, well, at least to me, it never felt like you were, oh, it's just some faceless guy. Everybody who died, you were sort of like, oh, fuck, that would hurt. You know what I mean? And in this one, it seemed like they were going even more for like. Okay, he's going to dispatch like less dudes in a scene, but he's going to do it the hardest way possible for you to watch, kind of. I mean, keep it with that gore idea. It's like every bullet that landed, it was like you could just see it hitting their face and being like, oh, shit, that would be yeah. terrible to take in the face or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the bit where he keeps having to find a new gun. Like that was a clue. Whoever yes. had that, yeah, that yeah. was super clever mm -hmm. of That's like great. you only got seven shots and he just keeps grabbing the next guy's rifle or, or handgun or whatever. Yeah. Like, and the, and the, the really screenwriting cool. way around that is to be like, okay, well, let's choreograph it so that there's only seven guys and yet the, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, he shoots exactly. the seven shots in like five seconds. Yeah, he shoots like, like the seven okay. shots like right away and then just dives in. <laughs> well, it's just, it, all it is is his ticket. That's it. It's, it's just his ticket. It's not his, you know, it's not the way he plays the game through the whole thing. It's just his way in. I thought that was so brilliant. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But I do think with that sort of screenwriting expectation, I think you're right. It's like, Lawrence Fishman has made a big thing of like you only got seven bullets so in your mind you're like okay so we're gonna see seven shots and how's he gonna get rid yeah. of nine dudes with seven shots and it's like nah that's not even what we're doing here yeah, but it that is was funny great... to set up that you know sort of movie expectation just to be like oh right it would make more sense to just kill as many people as you can right <laughs> sure I like the practicality I think is what I'm saying of John Wick especially he's just sort of like eh I'll figure it out as I go but I gotta you know start big they also did this super clever editing trick where, you know, so there's a moment in the movie, a pretty big moment where he calls out a $7 million hit and, and like every hit man in New York City is coming for John Wick. <laughs> and having seen the first movie, you, you, you meet a few hit men and hit women, 
But but the idea that like the whole fucking town's coming for him, I remember going, oh wow, like that's that's no good. And instead of just having like separate set pieces, they did this cool thing where he's fighting multiple groups of people and they sort of intercut them. Yes. Yeah. 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 And instead of like, oh, here's this one sequence that's over. Here's this other sequence that's over. It really like sped it up and made it super fun to watch. And that I was almost distracted for a moment because there's nothing nonlinear about the first movie. Right. Um, But once I sort of caught on, like I really enjoyed that. Me too. It, t- it removes that video game thing. It's like, okay, do this guy, then do this guy, right. then do this guy. Yeah, yeah. It kind of respects the uh, the the psychology of the audience, also, because it's it's you know we're not really sitting there going like, oh, this might be the one that this, this henchman might be the one that <laughs> yeah. does John Wick in. We know, true. we true, know. True. <laughs> Very good. Point. Right. If it's not Ruby Rose, then we're like, well, you know, wake me when Ruby Rose shows up. So they're right. like, yeah, we know. Right. That's I mean I mean that's smart. They're like I mean that's acknowledging hey we know that the 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 story's in the journey here so we're gonna give you a good journey. We're not right. gonna just put you through the paces just because we have to. I really that's the thing is I feel like first and second movie they've done a great job of sort of saying yes this is all about you know you've seen the story a billion times but this is you've never seen it like this and we promise you when you come out of it you'll be like oh it can be done you can see it a different way yeah. There, there's so many just cool little moments like that. Another one I loved was Common and him in the subway, like nonchalantly attempting to murder each other <laughs> and also not draw attention to what they're doing. So instead of some crazy fight, they're just kind of like just shooting silencers at each other, like <laughs> chill, <No one> is <laughs> walking slowly as if they're part of the crowd. Like that was really cool. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up about the crowd because that was one thing that stood out to me and without having any other exposure to the John Wick universe was you, I never really, even though there was a lot of bystanders, you don't really get the sense of like, Oh, protect the innocent bystanders, which is like, which is (laughs) in every other movie like this, where like, but the people, but the people it was, which I guess this is kind of maybe a little bit more like back in the video game where there would be a shootout and people would be like, whoa, and then within about 30 (laughs) seconds, they're like, well, back to life, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, the AI would kick in. They're like, well, I guess the guy with the gun is gone. So Well, they were all in on it. That's what the end told us. (laughs) Well, that's the, I mean, the end to me, like it. I didn't see it coming, first of all. I mean, I sort of saw, like, oh, he's been stripped of everything now, and, you know, what do we do about that? But, like, there's this big thing at the end where he's, like, he's killed the dude in the Continental. He has, you know, his house has been burned down. He has nothing. He's called to meet with Winston, and Winston basically tells him, okay, well, you know you're excommunicado now, so sorry, but uh, you got an hour. And uh, John Wick's like, well, why, you know, if I'm dead, then why not? You know, if I got a hit on me, why aren't I dead already? And Winston's like, because I didn't want you to. And then he like makes a call on his phone and then everybody. And this is New York, Central Park, hundreds of people walking by. And then they all just stop and look at him. And you're like, oh, my shit, Lord. And it's a great bit because they've set up. That like, oh, this is just a Saturday afternoon crowd in Central Park. So you're not thinking about it. And then when everybody turns to look at you, you're like, 
Like, literally everybody in New York is an assassin? Is that how this... I mean, no civilians. Even the baby carriages are like, you know, the baby's probably got a gat, and he's like putting his baby hand out with it. I, I don't know. That, I, there's something about, like, visually and, and just, you know, viscerally, that ending, just like ever, all these assassins looking at John Wick, and you're like, oh, shit. And again... This could be like, oh, they're setting it up for the next movie. He's going to be fighting more. But it's like, well, duh. It's a, you know, if they make another John Wick movie, he's going to fight a lot of people. Spoiler. But <laughs> but just to, you could end the series here where it's like, yeah, John Wick has nothing and the whole world is against him. It's, you know, yeah. honestly pretty great. Like just as far as like putting him in a corner, which is, you know, what you want to do. Yeah. I- I also think that one of my favorite things in the first film was all the world building we were talking about, which, Jeremy, now you sort of understand with you know, <laughs> coins and, and packs and, and continental and stuff. And my favorite one in this one was the idea of putting a hit out on someone, which we've seen happen. But this time, you know, instead of just calling a number and there's a hit, it's like we're cutting to a switchboard and yeah. a, in a whole yes. room manned by like Rosie the Riveters, you know, like just <laughs> filing stamps and, and putting things in tubes and all, like that was such yeah, a cool pneumatic thing. tubes and typewriters and old like PCs, like you know, uh, what do they call them? Commodore sixty four PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All and, to text to people's cell phones. Like well, just, yeah, and was, even the cell phones. Like John Wick has got a like a smartphone, so you just don't think much about it. But every other assassin in the movie has a. I don't. It's not a flip phone, but it's the one where like the to answer up. the phone, you have to f- flick the yeah. sort of the phone. They had a bunch left over from the Matrix, and they just right. handed them out. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you get the sense that the, it's like, well, is it a. Um, is it a sort of protective thing? Like the less, on, you know, super online you can be, the better? Or is it just like everybody in this culture is like obsessed with this certain sort of aesthetic of old school sort of um, gentleman ethics or whatever? It's right. just, it's like, it's like, because you notice it's like everybody in the switchboard is a woman, but yet there are female assassins. So it's <laughs> like, it's a strain. it's like almost like they're, they're playing these roles and you're like, who for? You know, like, are you just doing it for each other? Because it's like, there's a lot of like phallic, phallic kind of stuff in the movie. There's just, you know. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a cigar. Everybody's got these huge fucking cigars. Cigar land. Yeah. I mean, and and of course the guns. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You're wondering, like, who is this for? I mean, it's for us, but like, who is it for in that world? Even the uh, cabal of. Homeless assassins. Oh, yeah, right. Respect the <laughs> respect the code. That's a that's a tough job. Act like a crazy man for like 364 days a year, and then the one day that someone gives you a coin, you gotta like take them somewhere. <laughs> well, I liked that. One of the things I actually liked is that that same guy who John Wick came to on the street and gave a coin to and helped you know he helped John Wick disappear. He was the guy who was there at the end when. Um, Winston excommunicated him and you're like oh this is like the guy you know this is their um, what you call it not the diplomat but like he's the guy the the envoy he's the guy they send across the city to all these like little meetings and stuff he's just always present but you know he's got to be you know crazy and homeless and stuff too I I love the idea that like all of this stuff is still you know they're still trying to explain how we the civilians of the world don't see all this 
obviously <laughs> happening in front of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you definitely have to suspend disbelief. Of course. Like, <laughs> you of know, course. the fact that NYPD wasn't there every other minute to go, hey, stop. It's, well, it's again, they showed the same cop from the first one. There's a cop right. in the first one who basically plays the exact same lines. He basically comes to John Wick after his house is burned down. He's like, so you working again, John? John's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> but you basically get the, I, I don't know about you, but for me, that's their whole like explanation. Hey, by the way, audience, cops are not in this world. They don't want any part of it. So, okay. So, uh, I, you know, again, we don't, uh, judge whether or not this holds up since it's your guys' first time, but, uh, I guess let's start with the guy who's seen the least amount, Jeremy. What did you think? Uh, John Wick 2. I, it was great. It was great. It was, the, it was one of the most unapologetic movies I've ever seen, which I that, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things when a movie just doesn't doesn't make any bones about what it's trying to do. It's not it's not trying to be romantic and it's not trying to be, uh, you know, this isn't a save the world Tom Cruise Mission Impossible and this isn't a James <laughs> Bond and it's not a Jason Bourne. I mean, it's kind of elements of all those things. But it just it doesn't give a damn about all the fluff of those kinds of movies. And I hate to even say fluff, but it doesn't give a damn about the fluff of those kinds of movies. It's just we realize you're here to watch Keanu shoot people in the face and stab people <laughs> in the ears with pencils and, and things like that. So let's just let's just do that really well. I mean, yeah, like you said, Ali, some some nice little thematic questions there. But, you know. That's that's not the birthday cake though. The birthday cake is the uh, you know is is, is, is the uh, jacking people over. So I, I I thought it was great. I'm excited to go back and watch one and then and then move on to three. Allie, what did you think? Sum up John Wick two for yourself. Yeah, um, I loved it. I mean, I love the world of it. I loved the strong characters, even though there's not a ton of information given about them. They're just so. Uh, so each so specific I love I love Ian McShane as always um, <laughs> I love the way that he basically you can see the tone he uses with each, with each person that's in the continental how he feels about them and that tells us so much about that character too you know the fact that he gives John Wick extra respect he seems sad at the end that he has to excommunicate I mean he gives him an extra hour you know <laughs> right. it's like I love all of that kind of uh, those like slight flavors I mean my god and the production design on this thing is just epic the costumes the way the detail you know, I usually get really bored when movies have just lots of people in black, like, or in life when lots of people are in black. <laughs> but it's like, but if you look, you know, you can see all of those details, and that's so hard to get right that you can film that too, you know, like where you're really seeing all of that detail, like, uh, Common has this incredible jacket that he's wearing that has all this detail. So this, it's almost like the, the the whole movie is about all of these details coming together to be this sort of operatic experience. Um, I was less into the Lawrence Fishburne part than I remember being at the first watch. Oh, interesting. I think that's the part that doesn't hold up as well for me because it felt very like... I'm going to be the mystical, you know, badass <laughs> leader guy that you're kind of expecting, but at least I've got pigeons, so that's different. It was less interesting to me. I mean, he basically showed up and said, hey, kids, do you remember me from The Matrix? Which is so I knew Keanu before he was Works cool. for me. <laughs> exactly. It's all I needed. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I always really liked The Matrix, but it is a little bit more, I feel like the guys I went to film school with, like, everybody was excited about The Matrix and, and I was over there like clerks 
Um, yeah, so it's just it's a hey, different. there's room for both. Let's oh, a hundred percent. It's not a Sophie's but, choice. No, of course, but it's like, but you know how it is. It's like there's certain times of your life where there's just certain movies that like really get to you, and you can respect other ones that are really well done, but they weren't the ones that like invaded your soul. You know, like it's just it right, wasn't quite. Right, right. It wasn't one of those movies for me. So when I see Lawrence Fishburne, I think honestly, I don't think of him as uh, from The Matrix. Usually, it's not <laughs> my first thought, even though he's obviously played such an iconic character in that movie. But I mean, that's but that's pretty impressive when you have like one part of an action movie where you're a little bit like. I roll macho crap you know like most of the you know usually that's the thing about being a, an action film lover and a lady uh is that a lot of times you're pretty disappointed <laughs> that just constant like sort of mindless macho shit and this is so much more thoughtful and smart um and I was struck again by that it wasn't as funny as the first one mm. Um, that part like disappointed me just a little bit on the rewatch, but I still, geez, what a joy that, is that crazy, sick movie is. Is it still your first favorite? Hmm. <laughs> good question. Yeah. I'm going to still say yes. Okay. Yeah. See, if I had a Sophie's choice between the matrix and John wick, I might have to go with John wick. Just saying uh, John wick trilogy or the matrix trilogy. Oh, de- oh, definitely oh, well, the John Wick trilogy. That's I mean, Matrix, questionable. I mean, the Matrix trilogy <laughs> is uh, ass. If we're, yeah, if we're counting yeah. all the movies, the Matrix is going to lose every time. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I will, I will defend the Matrix as as that first movie's great, and, yeah, it's, yeah, and sure. if you watch it again, it's still great. And I would say I that's up there for like some of my favorite movies. Okay. I love The Matrix, but John Wick is a great time. Don't get me wrong. Uh, well, Longino, speaking of which, what do you think? Now you've seen John Wick one, you've seen John Wick two. What? How does it all? Two. Well, down? Uh, my my honestly, my first thought is like I'm excited to see the the final one, or maybe perhaps the final one. I don't know if they're going to make more of these, but uh, they're it, they're it on definitely... the record for saying that they're making. I think they may I, have even shot the fourth one. I think there's a fourth one being great made so fantastic uh yeah no it it left me wanting more which is always a good sign uh i don't i don't feel like i've had my fill and i don't need to return to john wick uh i'm pretty much in the camp of if if they slap the name john wick on something i'll be there uh it certainly has my interest that's and uh it was great like i yeah i can totally see especially if it was the first one uh that, that you two both saw was, um no but yeah like i could totally see this being an awesome first one i don't i, I was sort of like aghast before we started being like how, how could you not see the first one first but having seen this i think it's it's totally fine to jump in here and uh there honestly won't be much lost going back like you know you can enjoy the first one as its own movie without really it being ruined in any way like it still maintains and in fact uh jeremy if you do go see the first movie the one thing i will say uh as compared to this movie this movie's main villain mr uh mr rome like the (laughs) italian italian rando guy like he was fine serviceable like typical villain first movie's villain like chef's kiss like it's just <laughs> agreed <laughs> wow yeah. like it, you are in for a treat if you yeah. go watch that movie because it's the a gentleman who is in uh a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo the oh uh, the, uh scandinavian one yes uh I, I never remember his name but regardless he's incredible like just yeah. absolutely incredible um so yeah i think ultimately you know first one is still my favorite one but um this one i enjoyed a lot and i would totally watch it again a uh, really great time. 
Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you listening to us, we, you can continue upon this train. We will be continuing the catch up with John Wick three, Parabellum. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'm sorry, John Wick Chapter three, Parabellum. It's the only one that has both a chapter and a title. Uh, so that'll be coming soon. Uh, watch for it. In the meantime, hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Where sure. are people going to hear your uh, amazing return to the podcasting world? Sure. So, of course, we're the Daniel Long and I are hosts of the Freshman 15 podcast. Uh, if you want to find that podcast, the probably the easiest thing to do would be to search on uh, Freshman 15 film. That's Freshman 1-5 film. Uh, you can hear us on... Spotify, you can hear us on Apple Podcasts. Uh you'll you'll find us. If you want to find us, you can find us. Again, we talk about the the first film of each season, <laughs> 15 notable directors. Uh it's a it's a nice time. We could verify that because we've done it. Because you, you've know? done it. You've done <laughs> Absolutely. it. Because <laughs> we've been there. Hey Allie, thank you once again for joining us for John Wick. Where can people find you besides at our house? <laughs> Yeah, I always say that. Uh, yes, I'm on Twitter and Instagram um, as uh, Allison Starlock and a slightly unique spelling, A-L-I-S-O-N-S-T-A-R-L-O-C-K-E. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in this second chapter of John Wick. We will be back very soon with John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and until next time, we're going to Applebee's after this. <laughs> We'll